0: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride and today I'm joined by Dave Prentice, Adam Jones and Gav Buckland as we chew the fat over all the major talking points at Goodison Park. And of course, we are here to preview the trip to Brentford and of course ask Is this a massive game or are we getting slightly carried away with our concern with a six-game winless run or is it, in fact, vitally important? We'll also discuss strikers. Rafa Benitez listing his options ahead of the trip to to London at, at the weekend and, needless to say, underwhelming response from many supporters, but we will discuss who or how Rafa should plug the gap left by DCL and Richarlison. Do you risk Abdullahi Dekore back in training this week? Rafa says maybe he has a chance of playing. And of course, the big question, because this is Everton of the modern era and this is not Everton of the David Moyes era, is Rafa or should Rafa be concerned about his job? And of course, we will end with predictions as well. Um, Prenna, we'll start with you. So, going back to the top of the agenda, I think we all naturally feel that it's a massive game on Sunday. Is it a massive game or do we need a semblance of calm and say, look, it's only the end of November. Injuries have have really taken its toll on this team. Win, lose or draw, the season will not be defined by uh, what happens uh, in the capital. It's a bit of
1: both. I mean, um, it's a very, very important game. But equally, we do need to add a sense of perspective to it. And I'm I'm reminded of something that uh, that Gary Neville did and said early in the season when he jumped all over uh, Arsenal's corpse when uh, they were beaten at Brentford on the opening day. And uh, they lost two or three games in succession and, uh, you know, had a really bad start. And Neville absolutely slaughtered them. And then it must have been about uh, a month, six weeks later, he basically apologised and said he'd reacted too quickly because, and then he listed the number of players that Arsenal had unavailable at the start of the season and the number of players that had come back into form. And that is why he said he overreacted uh, because he didn't really take into account the number of players that they had missing at the time. And you can apply the same argument to Everton. I understand why people are getting very, very twitchy because it has been a long run without you know, sort of any wins. And looking at the fixture list, which is looming in December, there's some very, very tough games there. So this is identified as a fixture, which possibly you know, sort of could get something out of, which is why it is so important. But you also have to add that perspective into it, that this injury record at the moment is horrific. Um, and it just seems to be really key players every time. When it was bad enough at Manchester City and then Damari Gray has been one of the shining lights of the season so far. Also goes off after 20 odd minutes, so it's not just players being injured; it's key players being injured. So you have to add all that into the mix. But you know, as we've seen, we all look at social media all the time, and we understand, you know, so people are getting very, very twitchy and very, very nervous about the situation, and we need a result sooner rather than later—a positive result. So yeah, it's very, very important. But equally, we do need to bear in mind: look, you know, so it is mid-November, late November. The fixture oh sorry, the, the injury record has been absolutely miserable and it will, fingers crossed, improve, you know, so as the season progresses, and hopefully results will then improve as well. But that doesn't, you know, disguise the fact that we do need a win, you know, or not a win, we need a result, you know, we need to go to Brentford and get something. You know, so we need to you know, just try and steady the ship a little bit and come back with a positive, you know, sort of statement of intent, at least to restore a little bit of confidence ahead of next Wednesday.
0: Adam um, same question to you is is this a massive game or do we need some perspective and you know do we simply have to come away with something tangible or is you know and is a good performance simply not enough despite all of the injuries and the, and the holes gaping as they are in in the team at the moment
2: I think it, it it's arguably come to the point where this probably is a must-win game for Everton now and you wouldn't usually expect that, and you know, especially going away to a newly promoted side. I think Brentford play some nice football as well, so it's not exactly going to be an easy game at all. But I think the last few results that Everton have had have kind of forced their hand, really. I, I don't think it's acceptable enough to go there and just put in a decent performance and get a draw, get a draw because, because you know Everton are a host and Liverpool uh, at the, at, uh, a few days later, aren't they? You know, they they've got. Arsenal on the way as well, which is not going to be an easy game at all. So, it's just, I think it has probably got into the the must-win sort of territory. And, you know, that's that's not to say that there shouldn't be any sort of perspective put onto this, because as we've rightly said, over the course of the last few weeks, Everton have been missing a fair few key players. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's a big player to miss. Abdoulaye Takore is obviously a huge player to miss. Yeni Mina's a huge player to miss as well. So, Missing the likes of those three players is is always going to hurt any any sort of team in the Premier League. So yeah, it, it, it's it's it, it's a difficult situation that Everton find themselves in. But I do think that going to Brentford and winning has to be has to be you know not just a priority, but it has it, it has to be a necessity really, because the Everton have backed themselves into a corner in a way. They've got a really really difficult run of games coming up. Where you're looking at them, you're looking at some of those games, and you're thinking, where where the points going to come from? This game against Brentford. I know they started the season quite well. They've had a few more tricky results over the past couple of weeks. Everton have got to be looking at this, even with you know the kind of injury and suspension worries that they're going to have, and you know I'm sure that we're going to talk about it a little bit later on. You know, even with the kind of selection issues that Rafa Benitez is going to have, I think he needs to be highlighting this game as one where it's like, right, this is this is a game where we can take three points from. So it's it's a tricky situation that Benitez finds himself in, certainly, and it's a tricky situation that Everton find themselves in, but it has got to the point now where it, it I do think that this is probably a must-win game. Gav, Preno says, we just need something. Adam
0: says, must win. What do you think?
3: Um, <laughs> you could say something and must-win, couldn't you? It means the same thing, uh, yeah, <laughs> so I'm agreeing with both. I'm uh, with actually. <laughs> I, I think it's a must win game. I think, in, I think in a normal run of fixtures, you'd probably say, well, a point would be enough. Um, you know, just at least get, get something. But I think, given the fact that, I mean, looking at Crystal Palace away before Christmas, that looks a different, difficult game, doesn't it, really? <laughs> Far more difficult than what it looked a month ago. Um, and obviously, we've got really, really hard games before Christmas. Um so you're thinking in that context that you need three points on Definitely, just to give us a bit of a you know bit of a boost and a bit of ballast. Um I think uh, I think it's essential. Um and saying that I mean we're saying we're on a poor run, but they're on a poor run as well. They as they lost four out of five, something like that. So I don't. I don't want to use the term six pointer. You go. You go to <laughs> at this stage of the season. Um, so I'm not going to do that. But it's I don't know. Can you say four pointer? Can you? I don't know. Uh, but I'd say. I'd say win. I, I agree with that. I'd take four points from Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, I'll take four points for the next two games if a like that. Games this, but, um, No, but I, I'm definitely with Ad on this. I don't think performance and the pointers. Really, what we need it, it to win, isn't it? Because mm. of the fixes that are coming, and uh, so in that context, talking to me neighbour last night, I'm saying the context of the season, it's a big game, isn't it? Mm. I think. So, so,
0: soprano, so, 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 so and, and I don't mean this. I don't mean this flippantly at all. But what happens if we don't win?
1: Um, the mood changes even more darkly and it's it's quite a dark place amongst a, a lot of evertonians at the moment anyway um I mean I was thinking earlier in the week about doing a piece about this game and describing it as like you know a possible watershed game and it seems very very early to be talking about things like that um you know so normally watershed games come you know so later in the season more pivotal moments. Although having said that, people always talk about the famous Coventry game, the League Cup tie being a watershed moment in the club's history, and that was October, wasn't it, Gav, or November, maybe? So,
3: Which you know, we, Coventry League Cup tie talking about the eighty-three one or the ninety? Yeah, one?
1: no, yeah. The, the, one yeah. Where, the, the one where Sharpie limped into yeah. 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 it. Right yeah. um, so you know, it's, it's it's never too early, really. You know, so for for watershed games, if you like, um, I don't think it does fall into that category. I just think it's a very important fixture to try and restore a little bit of confidence amongst the crowd more than anything. I mean, Benitez in his press conference yesterday was being very, very keen to try and stress how tight the Premier League table is at the moment. I mean, if you look at it, Crystal Palace, are they having a good season? Yeah, of course they are. Uh, They're only a point ahead of Everton. And yet, you know, they made a really bad start, which is why, you know, so they are where they are on the table. Man United, I know they've got you know sort of problems galore, but look at the quality of their squad. They're only two points, you know, so further up the table. So it is tight, and a win can make a massive difference. But if we don't get that win, or, you know, so if we only pick up a point maybe, suddenly you find yourself dropping down a little bit further, and then, you know, best win in the world. I don't think many people are anticipating us getting much next week, next week. I know Darby's can be a little bit different on occasions, but you know, no one's got any massive confidence about that one. So suddenly, you find yourself, you know, with, with let's say, for argument's sake, one point from the next two games, and suddenly, you know, eleventh becomes thirteenth, becomes fourteenth, and people do start to get very, very twitchy then, Which is why it, it's important, and by people getting twitchy, um, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, that could include people in positions of authority at the football club. So uh, yeah, it's very, very important that we do, you know, sort of get something as well as a performance and the results and i think you know so if we've got a strong enough 11 to send out and there's no guarantee that is the case at the moment you know they're capable of doing that but yeah it's it's one of those really pivotal periods of the season at the moment and so as a result yes it's a very very big game this one on sunday
3: the
0: royal blue podcast from the liverpool echo you ready showtime Adam, several positions on the pitch which will be of concern to Evertonians who are listening to this podcast and, and thinking about how the manager will line up on Sunday. But of course, none more pressing than up front. No Calvert Lewin injured, no Richarlison suspended. Rafa went through his options, in inverted commas, didn't he, yesterday at the, at the press conference? Uh, Rondon, Tosin, and Sims. But just bring us up to speed for anybody who wasn't sort of aware of, of what Rafa's response was. And a little bit of, uh, of reaction, at, at least
2: online reaction to, to what he said. Well, it was quite interesting, wasn't it? You know, he went, as you say, he went through his options, and he said uh, he made the point that Sims is only just coming back from injury, and you know he's got the experience of Tosin and Rondon, and he's you know, hinted towards the fact that a game against Brentford, you know, newly new promoted side away from home, he was saying that uh, the more experienced players have got much more chance of. Of starting this game than Ellis Sims would, and you know, on the face of it, I can kind of, I, you know, you can see where he's getting at, can't you? You know, the like Ellis Sims still hasn't made the Premier League appearance, so it's it's really hard to uh, know how he's going to react to the to this level. Obviously, he's only he's only just got 45 minutes earlier in the week after his uh, injury issues that he's had so far this season. So you can understand in a way Rafa Benitez wanting to protect him in a certain in a certain sense. Uh, but a lot of the reaction, you know, from social media, I could also, I could also see the point as well because Rafa Benitez then went on to say, you know, he, he talked about the younger players in general, and he said just because they're young players doesn't make them good players, and you know, sometimes they just they haven't got the experience or the mentality to be able to step into the Premier League, and you know, some of the reaction that I was seeing from that online is. The, you know, I think fans rightly pointing out, well, these lads aren't going to get the experience if you're not if you're not playing them. So it it, it they kind of get stuck in stuck in a little bit of limbo, really, don't they? And I think you know probably that's an issue that Everton have had over the last few years. i know Gav has mentioned it a few times that we don't blood youngsters uh, early enough. But you know we've got a couple of a couple of young lads coming through who are you know still teenagers, Tyler Onyango, Lewis Dobbin, and thinking of. Uh, Really, there. Ella Sims is obviously a, a little bit older and is probably a lot nearer to senior football. I would say in terms of you know his pure physicality and you know obviously he got uh, a lot of game time for Blackpool in the second half of last season and performed really well there, didn't he? I, I know to to League One level rather than Premier League, but it's still senior football, isn't it? So is it that w- will have been a good experience for him, so you know I did see a lot of uh, a lot of fans saying that you know. Rondon's had his chances this season, and he's well certainly not hit the ground running. And I think that's probably being kind to him. Cenk Tosin's had God knows how many chances over over the years, and it looks very likely that he's going to be leaving the club in the summer. So why would you not just give give the opportunity to somebody like Sims, who's you know just signed a new contract with the club, still hasn't made his first Premier League appearance. You know he's desperate to prove himself in senior football, and yeah, you know, it's it, it really hard because I can understand both sides of the argument really, because, you know, I do see do see Benitez's point that, you know, he, he might he might not be ready as of yet. It might be a different situation if Sims hadn't just come back from his own sort of long term injury, but he has only he has only just come back from a long term injury. He's had a few couple of weeks of training sessions under his belt. He's only had forty five minutes for the twenty threes earlier this week as well. Is he fit enough to step into well, you know, what would be a step up for him as well in terms of Premier League football. But on the flip side, I suppose there's only one there's only one way to find out, really, isn't there? In such an important game, which we've described as a must-win, is it is it the perfect opportunity to throw in an unproven youngster? I'm, I'm really not sure. I, I'd, I'd be minded to maybe just take the risk, just to see just to see what would happened, to be honest, because you know we've seen on this season and I've, I've really not been... Impressed by him, uh, I can't remember the last time I was ever impressed by Cheng Tosin uh, stepping into an Everton side. So, you know, just for just to do something different, I might I, I might be tempted to throw Sims in. But yeah, it's a re- it's a really really tricky situation for Benitez to find himself in. Certainly, Gav,
0: surely Sims can't start a Premier League football game. Having only ever played at League One level, been injured. Had 45 minutes for the 23s in midweek. He's not ready, is he?
3: No. No. Just saying about Rondon, I don't think he's hit the ground. He's hardly hit the ground dambling round, has he really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be fair, no. I, I mean, I, I the, the way the, what I took from Benitez's press conference yesterday is there's actually no chance of them playing on on Sunday, like you said. Rondon, uh, Tosin and then he sort of mentioned as a bit of an afterthought didn't he um, so I, I think no chance and it's not the game is it really so there's a wider discussion here about when you can play in the academy um, but I think uh, definitely not on, on Sunday but I also you also get I also agree having said that I also get the, the thing that actually bringing some new blood in like lifts the sort of morale you know the fan base and stuff um, I get that, but from a pragmatics perspective, and Denise is the ultimate pragmatist, isn't he? In a, in a lot of respects, there's uh, no chance. i be very mm. surprised.
0: Yeah, because uh, while I accept that absolutely bringing in a young player ha- creates a buzz and, and lifts the crowd, and I'm not saying this would happen with Sims, but he's unproven at Premier League level, yeah. and it's a different beast altogether. That excitement, that buzz, would very quickly dissipate if the ball's not sticking when he's the lone man up front, or he's getting bullied and the ball's just coming back. His head yeah, drop. Yeah. So it's I can see I can see why fans are saying we've got to try something different. But for me, it's just not the avenue
3: you go no, down I, at this point. No, absolutely, especially in a team that's struggling. I thought, like, if I mean, like City got that young guy last week, didn't he? Or I think he's played a couple of times up front. So that's the the type of deal I say. Not talking much just Everton there, but that's the type of match in opponent that, that deal, isn't it? Yeah. But the way when you need possibly a win is not really the game you want to um, to start somebody. And as you say, you know, but we've we've all seen this. You know, people crave youngsters coming in, when they come in and they don't hit the ground them Then the it can turn quite quickly against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely not. Uh, for me and I can't see believe doing that on uh, on Sunday, bringing somebody younger. Young
0: so pre we, we've we whittled Rafa's options down to two. He's got to choose, assuming he plays one up front, so he's got to choose between Rondon and Cenk Tosin. Who should he pick?
1: I think the fact that he's even talking about Cenk Tosin at the moment indicates that he's going to be the one, even be my pick, uh, purely because Rondon just hasn't done anything, you know, to suggest that you know he he deserves his, his place. I take you know, so sort of Adams' reservations about Tosum, you know, sort of on board, but I don't know. I, I I he's got something. He's got a goal in him, you know. He's um, he's got a variety of goals in him. He's not your obvious target man who's going to hold the ball up, as you know. So sort Benitez of, was hoping that Rondon could do, which is the way you know, like. He wanted to play and get you know get crosses into the box. But he's very good at converting crosses into the box. He's done that, you know, initially. You know, so when he was signed, he had a little flurry of like so four or five goals. And he scored the odd goal since, you know, sort of the FA Cup side down at Millwall, was it? And the, the one where he took everybody by surprise, managing to produce a turn of pace from the halfway line <laughs> to Bristol Palace. Palace. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, there, there, there is, you know, something there. But the fact that we're even talking about him, you know, and the fact that he hasn't kicked the ball for so long, and that's nothing down to him, it's down to, do, you know, sort of dreadful luck with luck with injuries, there's a shock. Uh, but underlines the the parlour's position that which, which we're in, that, you know, we're having to turn to players like this. Um, for me, you know, so it would be, be Tosin, you know, so I, I would pick him a above Rondon. Uh, and I totally take, you know, Gavin's argument on board about Ellis Sims. I think it's far too soon for the lads. You know, so if he'd been playing regularly for the under twenty threes this season and he was fully match fit and sharp, maybe, but not after forty five minutes under twenty threes. That could be so damaging to the lads. You know, especially given that Brentford are a very physical team at the back. You know, so you know, a lot of presence, uh, a lot of physicality, um, and you know, he's going to have to fight to earn any scrap of possession that you might have anyway. I mean, Ellison also has a goal in him. You know, I've spoken many times with the the academy people about him because he's one of those players that catches the eye you know, very, very early, you know, because he scores ridiculous numbers of goals. You know, his goals record, you know, for the under-18s was absolutely outrageous, like a goal a game. And that during the 23s, it isn't too shabby either. And I remember, you know, sort of asking about him and I was told at the time, I said that, yeah, he's a goal scorer, but he needs an awful lot more to be added to his game. And that is what will be, you know, sort of in the manager's head, you know, before a Premier League debut, because you know, whilst you know, being able to score goals is a wonderful quality to have. To actually get the opportunity to bury those chances, you need to have so much more to your game in the Premier League. Which is why I think somebody with the experience like Chantelson will probably get the nod. You know, I mean, it probably confuse us all now and go for Rondon again, which won't be a popular move. But you know, he it is—shall we say—options are sorely limited at the moment. Indeed, indeed.
0: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
2: It's only a kick. (laughs) A jump. (laughs) A block. It's only a serve. (laughs) It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
0: And what would be a popular decision would be uh the inclusion of Abdullah DeKore. Rafa said on Thursday, maybe he has a chance before we started recording this pod. For what it's worth, the club tweeted an image of Abdullah in training, uh looking happy so and so. And he's obviously tweeted last night, as he as well, back soon. Cryptic messages uh left, right, and centre. Should he start him? Is it a risk to start Decorey? Is he match fit, even if his foot's healed? What, what do you think?
2: Well, I think it's interesting, isn't it, that Rafa Benitez in his press conference yesterday was kind of playing down the risk of bringing Decorey back in because he's saying, you know, with it being a metatarsal injury rather than being a, a muscle injury, he doesn't think that there's any issue in terms of overloading the injury problem that he's had over the last few weeks. Of, you know, was, I think he said the phrase, because it, it's a metatarsal injury, if he's fit, he's fit. So that that was that was really interesting to see. So it just depends on how match fit uh, Rafa Benitez's season being. I'd like to see Deco like start the game on on a Sunday hopefully give us forty five minutes to an hour. See whether he can you know, be the difference in that in that period of time. Get Everton at least on the right foot and perhaps get them in front in a in what is going to be a crucial game. Because I just think that if you if you were to rest them and you know, preserve him for the Merseyside derby, let's say, and just throw him into a Merseyside derby cold. Haven't been out of the side for what will essentially be what, s- s- near, nearly two months, because he, he last played against Man United at Old Trafford, didn't he? So it would be nearly. Well, it will be actually be two months by the time that Merseyside derby comes around. You know, to throw him, throw him cold in in there. You know, obviously he's a he's a fantastic player, and I think he could do it, but. I'd just have a little bit of reservation about that. I'd like to see him get, you know, forty-five minutes to an hour, let's say, beforehand against Brentford. You know, get him, get him back into the swing of things, and then let's hope that he can, that he he can again be the difference uh, against Liverpool. So, and of, of course, with Everton's lack of midfielders at the minute, you know, with Tom Davis being out injured, we had uh, the news earlier this morning as we we're recording that Alan has picked up some sort of. Knock himself over the course of this week as well, so I think in in, in essence, Rafa Benitez's hands is going to be forced a little bit. You know, we've we've got so little midfielders that he kind of does have to throw to Corey in, and he's been so so good for us over the course of this season that I think as soon as we can throw him back in, I think we we probably should. So fingers crossed, he will be considered at least in you know eighty to ninety percent match fit because I think that's enough. I'd throw him in for that.
0: Gav, any different thoughts on Decore's potential uh, inclusion?
3: No, no. Second time today, I'm going to agree with that. Uh, he's got to he's play him. Role. He? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think for a number of reasons, I'm just, you think given our absence of midfielders, do you think we play four four two on 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 Sunday? Who, you, who
2: you put on throw, Rondon throw
3: Rondon Antos up there. Yeah, I just think he's allowed. But no, he's got to play him, hasn't he? Um, I'd rather see him play against Brentford and sort of miss Liverpool. If he's had the reaction, then miss Brentford and play against Liverpool. Because I think that's where he's going to be more vital to us. Because I think his influence against Brentford on the pitch is going to be far greater than his influence against Liverpool. Because he's just spoken about how important the game is mm. on Sunday, so for that reason, he's got to play against Brentford and then just take it from there. And if he if he picks up a knock or he's, you know, he, he's struggling, then yeah, okay, okay, I could I could live with missing him against Liverpool. Um, and then we've got a bit of a gap then, haven't we? Is it is it and Wednesday the next game after that? The Monday, the following Monday, Monday. Every, yeah. You got five days then, haven't you? After the the derby. Uh, so now we've got to play him on on, on Sunday and listening to Benitez like yesterday he sounds mute music was he was going to play him, wasn't it, really?
0: Mm. Well, especially Prono when it seems as clear as anything, not only in his decisions, but also in the kind of words he used yesterday that that Rafa just is not having Gabamin.
1: No, that's funny, actually, because he just doesn't seem to figure in the equation at all now, does he? Uh, you know, we're talking about an absolute midfield crisis, and yet he's not even mentioned. You know, so a guy that cost, what was it, 25 million quid only, uh, what, so two, three years ago. And he's fully fit, uh, you know, so there are no recurrences anymore. I mean, I heard like a few weeks ago that his his performances at Finch Farm had been inconsistent um, you know his training sessions were good one day, poor the next, which is why you know. So the manager wasn't trusting him from the starting games. And then obviously, as we saw against Wolves, you know, it was just like absolutely right off it. You know, so yeah, it's 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 frustrating, but understandable as well why he's not figuring. And it goes down once again, I suppose. You know, so to, to recruitments. I mean, we've got that problem so many players that we've got on the books, you know. So that, you know, we're surplus to requirements, and so unfortunately, it looks like Gabamin might well be another one. I don't think that's being too harsh. Um, he has had a couple of opportunities, and he's getting the opportunity on the training pitch every week uh, to try and show what he can do. But clearly, he isn't doing enough uh, to warrant inclusion. So yeah, it's a, it's another tick in the uh, in the negative box as far as uh, you know, so poor recruitment is concerned. And we could do with him at the moment, you know, because he is a midfielder of presence and of physicality, but clearly isn't doing enough to warrant it at the moment. So yeah, yeah, you know, so very very
0: frustrating. Mm. Um. So in terms of just to bring everybody up to speed, maybe need a refresher on it on people who will be missing um, and who might be available for Sunday. So no, Calvert Lewin, of course, injured. No Richardson, no Holgate, there suspended. I think Davis is still injured. No mention of Gomez yesterday at the press conference. So he, he says he's still injured. Yerimina is still injured. We're expecting him back, but he's still out. Um, and of course, Alan has some sort of potential dead leg. Rafa was hopeful, but couldn't guarantee that he would be fit. Um, Decore could be back, as we mentioned. Tamari Gray as well. Yeah, you know, and of course, sorry, yeah, and Tamari Gray. The, the news is better than expected. But again, light training session. Uh, on I think Wednesday or Thursday is all he's done up to this point. So big question marks on that. So, Adam, I mean, factoring everything I've just said there into the equation, add to the fact that the club's ability to spend money in the transfer window was significantly restricted, is Rafa under pressure to a point where if he loses the next couple of games, he would be fearful for his job because, as we said at the top of the podcast, the football club in recent years has um, made decisions quickly in seasons sometimes, um, not given managers huge levels of patience when it's been going wrong. Would you be concerned if you're Rafa or do you believe that the club will think differently now, having gone through all the change and and the turmoil of recent years?
2: Well, I think in normal circumstances, you'd like to think that no, the the manager wouldn't be in question because I think the reasons that you've just mentioned are completely legitimate ones. You know, missing so many key players for such a significant amount of time over the course of the last few weeks has obviously had a major effect. The fact that we were hamstrung in the last transfer window, of course, had a major effect as well so you know you'd like to think that matters like that would be uh, brought into consideration but I think you know the two main factors here are that Everton have certainly fallen into this modern club sort of model over the last few years haven't they where you know Farhad mashiri has got something of an itchy trigger finger <laughs> you'd have to say in terms of uh, in terms of managerial situations it would be really interesting to see what would have happened if Carlo Ancelotti had stayed for example and we would have had another little bit of run of results. Would he have been forced to pull the trigger on somebody like Carlo Ancelotti? You know, that something like that is even uh, pretty interesting to to think about. But, you know, you, re- you really find yourself not being able to predict what Everton are even thinking or what they would do if there was to be a, a continued run of bad results. And I think what you've also got to consider is the fact that, you know, Rafa Benitez was a controversial appointment in the, in the best of circumstances wasn't he uh, in the summer you know I think in some sections of the fan base you know the appointment of Benitez was already starting on you know quite a lower base than any other manager would have for example uh, so you know that that was turned around a bit I, I, you'd have to say after you know what was a really strong start to the season not just in terms of results but performances as well they were playing the side were playing in a way that you know really resonated with a lot of Everton fans that's kind of Gone by the wayside. Now the key players have been injured. We've had to play it well, try and find some sort of different style to play in, and I'm just not sure that they've managed to find that you know m- magic formula to, about that yet. But because of the you know, as I said, the aforementioned standing that Rafa Benitez had before he joined Everton, you know, in some sections of the fan base, that's you know that's that's been a major major factor, and you know, you you are or you are seeing a lot of questions about the manager, you know, but. I do like to think that in you know a normal circumstance that you, you'd you'd have to say that the manager wouldn't be questioned even if the poor run of results did continue. And you have to say as well that there are you know vast sections of the fan base who do still believe that that is to be the case. You know they can see the the problems problems at the club stem from you know something that's much much beyond Benitez. You know it's the likes of you know, Machiri that we've mentioned, even the role of Marcel Brands can be questioned over the last few years as well. You know, there's 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 so many different factors at the club over the last few years that have led them to this sort of cycle that they find themselves in now. You can't you can't put the blame on Benitez, but the problem is with modern football that so often the buck does stop with the manager, doesn't it? You know, in in situations like this, so. Uh, you, you hope you, you hope that it, it's a question that we don't have to deal with. Of course, hopefully, you know the results and performances will pick up over the next couple of weeks when you know key players will start trickling back into the side. Hopefully, they can be uh, integrated back into the system, you know, without a hitch. And if, hopefully, we don't pick up any more injuries over, over the course of the Christmas period and beyond. Uh, but so often football doesn't work like that, does it? So. You know, we, we can have our fingers crossed that we won't have to deal with a situation like this, but it, it's going to be a pretty difficult one uh, if, it, if it does uh, transpire to be the case over the next couple of weeks.
0: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I guess it's the same question to you. you know, a defeat, heaven forbid, on Sunday and a difficult game Wednesday night... Would, should Rafa be fearful of his job if that was the case? Or do you think the football club will actually be taking a, a, a wider view of this and, and given everything as mitigation and, and absolutely fair mitigation, he, he needs to be given time, he needs to be given January, the summer, to really kind of get a grip of the squad and, and, and what have you?
3: Yeah. it's um, two things here for me. I think if you're on the board... I think you could ask legitimate questions of about some performances over recent weeks. So you could say, you know, we understand you've got injuries, but you know, you, you you're famous for your teams being compact and showing desire and determination. But they, they maybe three of the last four or five games, that's been missing. Even at City, which you know difficult for didn't press or you know we, we looked a bit, bit off it didn't we so I think you can ask that question Um and I don't think that's explainable by just saying I've got three players injured that said I do think that the I know we've had three players out but the, the influence of them being out is a lot more than that isn't it Michael Keane looks a far better player than as next to him doesn't he Alan looks a far more effective midfielder when the goal he's playing yeah, now he now has to play a different role we spoke last week about the Charleston. You know that the, no Carvalhoom means you're not getting the best out of the Charleston. So, three players being out affect six of the ten outfield players. And it affects the general organisation as a team. And and, and so, I, I think he, in defence of the East, as well say is, it's not missing three players. It's missing three players, but they're is a lot on the their absence is a lot more on the team and just not being on the pitch and the other eight can just pick it all up you know as as previous um so where i'm coming to on that is i think with that the fact that he's had no money to spend and let's face it how much money he's got to spend in january is is a new point isn't it I, I, yeah i, I think it, i don't think he, sh- he should be questioned i think the difference with has now and previous Everett managers, they've all had money to spend when they come in. You know, we're in no position now to spend 200 grand a week on a former golden, you know, leading scored yeah. the World Cup. Um You just haven't got the money. So, you, you're not going to, you haven't got the opportunity to bring somebody in. You'll have money to spend or take things in a different manner, right? You've got somebody just basically going to come in and pick up what we've got at the moment. And given that we've said some of our problems have been faculty change manager every 18 months for the last four years, that, 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 that's counterintuitive, kind of isn't it? Why you want to, why, you know, sack somebody? So, I, and also as well, in a strange way, the fact that there were some supporters against Benitez, we came in, understandable. I think that protects them. <laughs> <laughs> a bit Because, if all get well, it's the one appointment where actually there was people against that, you know, fans against it. So humanated is that I'm going to defend myself here, and actually I want to. Therefore, I'll keep in these. And I, I and so would I. To be fair. I don't I don't see anybody out there who can possibly who can do a better, do a better job at the moment. I I I, I totally agree
0: with, you, with 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 what you were saying about you know. Mitigation and, and needs time, yes. and everybody understands that. But all what I would say is, Mashiri also did appoint Sam Allardyce, and Sam Allardyce was at the football club for what nine months. So in terms of the fact that he was an unpopular appointment for certain fans, as a level of protection, didn't 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 sort of help Allardyce, did it?
3: Um No, but I think. I think the, the thing there, though, is Sam was brought in for the short term, wasn't he? His, his original, I mean, Let's face it, his original deal was supposed to be in just to the yes. end of the season, wasn't it? Because of the pursuit of silver and all the complications that arose from that, we ended up giving him two years. So we know it was only going to be, be six months. So whatever happens, whether like it or not, Mishiri was always going to get rid of him in the summer, wasn't he? You know, with Benitez, Benitez has been given, like, was it two, three, two three three-year contract. Yeah. He's there for the two three years is he, bit that expectation to take us into family more and at least mm-hmm. give us some stability. So the two appointments are slightly different in terms of what what wanted from them. Um, so on that basis, I think I get what people are saying about Benitez, and that, but I, I do think he's been given a raw deal. Um, but I fully understand why supporters and I think those people are in the club are saying well, and that we're taking all into that into account for. Those passive displays at Wolves and Man City and that traumatic ten minutes against Watford need to improve on that.
1: Yeah, I hope you're right. I hope you're right, Gavin. I mean, um, the man, you know, the the owner has shown in the past that he's got a twitchy finger. That you know he's yeah. um, that he's capable of panicking, and uh, he did panic. You know, so when um, you know, so he made the Sam Allardyce appointments and uh, he sacked you know so Ronald Koeman and he has had that you know caretaker uh, spell. Yeah, I'm just going to read something out now if I can. Um, Baz Rathbone. I won't do the Brummie accent uh, because I can't do it. <laughs> but he's, uh, he's brought out a second book, uh, The Smell of Football too, and it's genuinely top class. This isn't a plug for his book, by the way, even though it, it is. Um, it's just what you were saying then resonated about, uh, you know, so Baz, who knows the club probably as well as any. He worked there for 11 years and uh, he went back quite recently. Um, this is just like a little excerpt from towards the end of the book. Uh, and he's worried, he's worried about the future of Everson. He says, and what if the club itself had changed a lot? Not for the better, in my opinion. It had fallen into the trap of becoming a typical modern Premier League club, multimillionaire owner with a trigger finger, regular managerial changes, investing tens of millions of pounds on players who weren't significantly better than the ones they already had. Anybody who's read my last book and knows me, knows I do not like to criticize and do not take cheap shots. But Everton had lost a bit of its soul, a bit of its identity, probably just like most other top flight clubs, awash with money. Um, And then he just adds to it a little bit. He says, there is a soul and a feel to Everton that I haven't experienced anywhere else. It is a special club, almost a religion. And now... It's a modern club that hires and fires regularly, allowing no possibility of any manager having time to really get to know and understand the place. A seemingly scattergun approach to recruitment based on the principle that if you keep throwing enough money at it, eventually something great will happen. Now, obviously, you know, something great hasn't happened, you know, so using that, uh, that approach. And you understand why Baz would say that because, you know, he worked very, very closely with David Moyes who had significant problems in those first few years. And you think, you know, so how would, for argument's sake, Farhad Mashiri have reacted at the end of 2003-04, when we had that absolutely abysmal finish to the season that culminated in a 5-1 defeat by Man City uh, and finished in one place above the relegation zone. following season finished fourth. But then again, start of 2005-06, where on New Year's Eve, we were 17th in the table, had been bombed out of the Champions League or controversially knocked out of the Champions League, bombed out of the Europa League, you know, that was an awful first half of the season. far had reacted in a similar way back then. We don't know. You suspect maybe he might have done. And sometimes you need to have a little bit of courage. I'm not suggesting for a second that, you know, so the situation is so bad now that he needs to have courage and resolve. Because, you know, this... You know, sort of mess if you want to call it that way is not a Rafa Benitez is making. It's just an absolutely dreadful situation injury wise at the at the moment, which is just so so unfortunate, and a number of players you know so sort of unavailable you know for, for very spurious reasons that started even right at the start of the season. You know, it's it's just been a really really unlucky you know sort of first few months for Everton Football Club, and hopefully you know so sort of far ahead will you know sort have a bit of courage, have the uh, the courage of his convictions, you know, so sort of back his manager as much as he can uh, in January and allow things to, to improve. But it, it, it's a worry, you know, so because as we've seen in the past, you know, so had does have form, you know, so for jumping, you know, when things are going badly and, you know, things are teetering on that at the moment, which is, brings us totally full circle now to where we started, talking about how important this game is at the weekend. You know, so if things do go badly on Sunday, you know, so things... Could be seen to be you know sort of in a very parlous state you know so if we do get a result we're suddenly comfortably you know so just above mid table again and you know so looking at the teams above you so it's it's a very very important game but equally I think it's important that the owner shows a little bit of courage and a little bit of conviction at the moment and just you know so sort of remains calm.
0: Yeah. Okay, good stuff. Well, Adam, that brings us neatly onto predictions time. We'll start with you. Um, you'll be down there with me on Sunday. Uh, Brentford v Everton, two o'clock. Uh, how's it going to go?
2: I really don't know. <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> no. I think it's quite interesting. As a side point. You know, I know we've talked a lot about you know who might play up front and whether Ellis Sims might play. I would actually play Lewis Dobbin from the start. I think his raw pace and technical ability on the wing. Uh, if we were to, you know, keep in this four-three-three sort of formation, I think he's going to be a lot more useful than somebody like Alex Awobi in a game like this. So I would actually play Lewis Dobbin from the start, and he's got the benefits of being fully match fit, having had sort of you know tiny little bits of Premier League experience as well. So I'd actually throw him in from the start, and I'm going to go for a win. We've got like this, as I say, it's a, it's a must win. You've got you've got to try and battle out a win. So I'm going to go for 2-1 to Evan. Very good. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. 2-1 as well. Um, Gav?
3: Uh, well, coming off the back of my spectacularly, uh, we're going draw at City uh, prediction. Uh, um, I'm, I'm sort of, obviously, looking at my options there. But I, I think... Penno just touched on it. It is a bit like that. It, but, it is, but the that Sunderland game that ended the, the long traumatic spell Moyes had in two thousand and five when they're on New Year's Eve, yeah. been me and Cale absolutely hopeless. Got pummeled and Kale scored from a header didn't he, in the last minute from the corner? Um and it sort of turned the season out. Moyes, the big, have a look, I'm going off on the tangent here. Have a look at Moyes' stats before that game and after that game they were completely different. Uh, so I'm gonna go for the one-nil win again for the mighty blues. Um, pure, pure, I I haven't got a clue why. Uh, (laughs) uh, just, 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 I, I I sped back from a beautiful day in the lakes last week to whatever and get 23% possession in in Manchester. So, uh, I won't be doing that this, uh, (laughs) this Sunday, you know. So, one-nil to the mighty blues, massive game, really big game. Uh,
0: you're going to make it a clean sweep.
1: Um, I was going to go for a draw. Um, Brentford have been beaten by Burnley. Sorry, have been beaten by Norwich. Uh, have drawn against Newcastle recently. You know, so three of the the weaker teams in the Premier League, if you like. So you'd imagine that there's an opportunity there. You know, so for us to get something. Brentford are a very, very honest team. You get a great level of performance from them, you know, so week in, week out, and they're going to be at it, they're going to be intense, they're going to be, you know, sort of chasing and pressing Everton. Much depends on, you know, sort of the, the quality of side we can send out, I suppose, whether Alan's fit, whether DeCore starts. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the fence still and go with me draw which I don't think is a bad result in the circumstances. I know, we were, you, know you described it as must win earlier for you guys. I said, it's just, you know we need to get a result of some form and a draw is a result. And I got one right last week, said so we got battered at Man City, <laughs> which you didn't need to be <laughs> not much, not <laughs> to yeah. So you know, hopefully that's the, the one I get right every six months. So uh, I'm completely wrong on this occasion and you guys are right, but I, I'm gonna go for a draw,
0: 1-1 draw. 1-1, okay. Good stuff, chaps. Uh, Excellent, as always. Um, Hopefully, you've enjoyed listening. Um, Adam and I will be at Brentford on Sunday, hopefully reporting on a much-needed victory. um, So, keep with us across the weekend, particularly on Sunday, as we report from the game. Um, Chaps, thanks again, and thank you very much for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.